this is not the podcast to be listening to in the car with your kids. Um, it's definitely not PG. Maybe a conservative grandmother or mother wouldn't exactly appreciate the language because I cuss a lot. Sorry, not sorry. But I do hope this brings you a little LOL moment, makes you think, honey, roller coaster of emotions. Hold on to your nipples. We're about to enter 30 Paws. After we've got our little chitty chats out of the way. The chitty chat, our chitty, chitty chat chats. Our chitty chat chats. Um, but I, I sound okay. We'd be rambling. Yeah, we'd be rambling, of course, of course. Yeah. We gotta That's work just, tomorrow. I, we gotta work tomorrow, exactly. Um, so Woo-hoo. I just let everybody on the podcast know this is my dear friend, Miss Angela Acosta. And she's my guest this week because she's going through the big D. And we don't mean Dallas or Dick. No, ma'am. She's gone through divorce. And I know a lot of um, 30 pausers and people in their, even in their, you know, 20s, 30s, 40s. I don't know if it really matters what age. I think people are either a product of divorce or have gone through divorce themselves. Um, And so I thought this would be a really interesting topic because I've known a lot of people that have gotten married in their 20s or early 30s and then also have gotten divorced in their 30s. I feel like the 30s are the decade to really uh, where a majority of the people really go through divorce. And I can say that because I worked in family law for a little stench of time. And um, people of all ages go through divorce, of course. What was really wild, especially during this Panny D, this panorama, this Patricia, um, is that a lot of people were going through divorce during the pandemic. They were like, yeah, I figured it out and we don't like each other like that anymore. Yeah. So Angela, I just want to, um, have you kind of go into your story about how you and your soon to be ex-husband, um, met and when you all got married and, Let's just start from the very beginning. It seems like a very good place to start. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> good, good place to start. Yeah. yeah. Um, definitely, I want to say I feel like I have a unique story when it comes to divorce, only in that it's very amicable. And yeah. um, we're still on really good, friendly terms. So that's really nice. But gosh, we met back in 2007 all the way back then so you know goodness like that's 14 years ago now Mm -hmm. yeah and um we met uh through myspace funny myspace yeah it's back before the days of tinder you know like like people um college kids be wanting to hook up and There's really, you know, there's MySpace, there's Facebook, but really there's no, there weren't like dating apps and it no. seemed like, like Match.com and like eHarmony. I don't even think that was a thing yet. I, or if it was, I think they were, but they were just commercials and it was just yeah. the website. They weren't and apps. And it seemed like older people too. It didn't and seem it definitely, like. Their demographic was 40s, 50s. Yeah. Yeah. Even though, you know, like in college, we did live in a little bit of a party town, like a um, little bit, a little bit, <laughs> maybe the <laughs> number one or number two, like Angela and I for party town. Yeah. <laughs> Angela and I for everybody listening. We got to give them a little background. So for sure. We met in college in Panama City, Florida, Panama City. <laughs> bring um, break, baby. Bring break. 1999. Um, so, yeah, we lived in a pretty touristy beach town. And it's also a college town, too. It kind of sucks. Yeah. There's a couple of colleges there, too. And then mm-hmm. college kids would, like, visit and stuff like that. Yeah. So, um, picture it. And I, you know, like, 2007. Yeah. Picture it. <laughs> yeah, picture it. Picture it. 2007. Um, so we met and really got along and um, just kept dating and dating and dating and dating. Nine years later, um, the dude asked me to marry him. We were dating for such a long time. So, yeah, it's a comfortable, safe, like, 
we moved from Florida to California together. Um, really close with this family. Like it was a great relish. Like we make each other laugh. Like definitely, yeah. And then we get married, and then the person, you know, the relationship does kind of change a little bit, even um, even if you're really close. Mm-hmm. I think that it still changes the dynamic when you start saying when you actually sign the paperwork and use husband and wife, like there's just more, um, you just start getting asked from, you know, family, like when you're going to have babies and like you get more of the, I don't know, pressures Mm -hmm. of society a little bit. Like you're married, but you don't feel like a fully grown developed adult yet maybe. And, and maybe that's just our generation not being able to afford houses and stuff like that. Like you still feel like a kid, like you're grown and married, but you still feel like a kid and stuff. But you get you get married, and um, I mean, our relationship doesn't change that much, but the dynamic does a little bit. I mean, but it's still great. We get along. We get along. We get along. And then um, we just one day we kind of look at each other, and um, we have a lot in common. And we both don't want kids, and that's nice. And you kind of think, like, and you grow up together, too. So you, you know, there's, like, you're super close, and you got a lot of things in common. And you're, like, you, you think it's great. And you think you're not really going to find anyone else that's as, like, good or as great or whatever. I don't know. It's just at some point I think we really, we like, I don't even know, I would say, like, grow apart more <laughs> as, like, I don't know, we just got a little bored with each other. In, yeah. that, in that, like, we've kind of done it all, and we've spent a mm-hmm. ton of time together. And this was before, right before the pandemic, the end of um, 2019, that we kind of, like, looked at our situation. Like, yeah, we don't necessarily want to have kids, but uh, we kind of have different, like, life goals, really. Like, I kind of want to get out there and travel more and be a little bit more nomadic and stuff like that. And he's definitely, like, a homebody, likes to stay at home, doesn't like to socialize too much either and I like making new friends and getting out there and also like um I do like to keep myself busy with work and like outside fun projects and stuff like that and um yeah like I don't know I think after just like analyzing like our relationship we kind of looked at it as like a you know we're still young if we got divorced now we broke up now it's gonna be easier in the future if we wanted to meet other people and stuff like that plus we still got along like why drag this thing into the ground and right. end up disliking each other in any way? But we really looked at it as very pragmatic, like very realistic, kind of like, what does this look like? But it's still really sad not to take the emotion out of it because um, it's still actively happening. Like, um, right. we, we filed paperwork during the pandemic. And so even though I had already moved out by the time the pandemic even started, like we, you know, like wait, you know, we've had to file and take care of like all the actual, like the logistics of it, the paperwork and stuff like that. I'm, I don't know. That part is definitely the most um, sobering of it. Having to look at finances, every little bit of it, like it got, paperwork got like to the point where it's asking about how much I spend on laundry every month and like really really monetizing like little tiny things. Like how much would you say you spend on household, household like items versus food versus like how much are you paying for insurance, electric? Like you look at every little bit of your finances. Yeah. And I don't think people understand if you don't live in California, if you're not understanding like California divorces are forever long. And I've learned that really from your experience. Like, what I think yeah. the big difference is like there's there's really there is such thing as a quick divorce, but not in California. Well, I mean, it's funny because California is kind of known as like a quick divorce state. And funny enough, like where we're like really? where, you know, we went to school, Panama City Beach, Florida is actually that's a very well known spot where celebrities get divorced. Like Tiger Woods got divorced there and I think a couple of other celebrities got divorced in Panama City. Florida, which is funny. It's like, a yeah, it's like a top place to get divorced. But no, California specifically, I think in our situation, we didn't go through, because we were on still such good terms um, and we were breaking up so amicably, we decided to not get an educator 
And I think, you know, I would definitely, if I could do it over again, definitely hire a lawyer and a mediator um, to really be an objective, like, you know, uh, person to uh, get advice from. Um, Because if you go to your friends and family, they're going to, you know, people are hurt by this. People outside of us was more hurt than us. Like, yes, it was super sad that we were breaking up, but we came to it like very amicably and like, you know, and our family didn't understand because nothing major happened. Like no one cheated on each other. Right. We just kind of decided, you know, we've been together long enough. Like this is still a really successful relationship. You be would it be fair to say that like as cliche as it sounds like you both really love each other but you don't like you're not in love with each other? Oh, definitely, I would say. I, yeah, um, I've had I've friends also go through divorces where you know they're like they're family to me, like they're always yeah. gonna be my family, but I don't view them as this like romantic love of my life anymore. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. For sure. That as cliche it's cliche for a reason because it I would say it's probably true. And yeah. for on my end cuz not to speak for them but on my end, yeah, for sure. Like we were family, we loved each other so much. We were best friends like you know, we could just make each other laugh like no one else's business, but yeah, like, romantically it just uh you're kind of all what we've know, like we were the only kind of person we've known in that way for the past like decade yeah um, so it's a little scary too but it's also there was a part of it that was exciting to to speak for him yeah like I'm sure he was excited about the prospect of dating again too after being with this some person for so long but yeah you eventually like go into family and you just it, it eventually like you can get over um, I don't, I mean, I don't even know if it's healthy. I was never like a jealous person to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, and neither was he. But Maggie is, and she just hopped on your lap and meowed. So jealous. But, Maggie, my fiance. Yeah. That's her full name, right? Yeah. Is- Maggie, um, Maggie, Margaret, Adele, Beyonce, Elizabeth Warren. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, girl. Give me that 16 name cat. Okay, I'm sorry to interrupt. Maggie's just a little attention whore. She's definitely, yeah, she definitely loves attention. And I do, uh, I do ramble. So definitely, you know, keep me on point. But yeah, I I think, you know, you're with someone for so long, like eventually, you know, there are couples out there, you know, they're cute. 20 years in, they're still so in love. They hold hands and yeah. They're affectionate and they kiss and they love each other. And like, maybe, you know, I mean, that's, that's just how they operate and stuff like that. And there is something, you know, now with the way things are in society, you know, people be looking to upgrade and stuff like that. It wasn't like that in our parents' age or our grandparents' age and stuff like that. Like you right. take the boy that's down the street and you're happy with that choice. Like mm-hmm. here you can swipe and swipe and swipe and swipe and. The options are so abundant. It's almost yeah. as if like no one's ever going to choose because it's like, I always, I always describe yeah. someone or describe to someone who's, you know, been in relationships for years and years and years, or they ask me what dating is like in this modern world. And I always just tell them like, have you ever been to Cheesecake Factory and like open their menu? And it's just so many fucking choices. Overwhelming. That and it's overwhelming and you don't know what to pick. So you just randomly pick something and you yeah. hope you like it. That's yeah. kind of like modern dating right now. You know what I, I mean? Yeah. I, <laughs> because I never ha- like dated as an adult because I met my right. ex-husband when I was 18. So I really never got the opportunity to date as an adult and figure out the things that I do and don't like. And um, there is something, you know, positive to, to glean from dating other people and dating around and stuff like that. You know, you learn a lot about yourself. Um, yeah. And you learn about what red flags are. And when you're so young and you get into relationships, not that I don't think that 
those can be successful. They are, but it's like, you know, it is, it is work, like they say, and not necessarily hard work, but it's like maintenance, you know, like, um, and, um, like as, as, you know, it's good to get along and stuff like that, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I can only analyze it from my own personal experience, but yeah, after, um, dating the first time after, 13 years it's definitely yeah. definitely new and interesting and I was like at, you know like learning how people do it these days but but it's fun it can be fun it, it doesn't have to be as miserable as it seems but I, I also think it probably depends on the area that you live in so I'm in Los Angeles where right you have a higher opportunity to meet someone who's like around my age but like not with kids and stuff like that because mm-hmm. there's a lot you know because people wait to have kids in LA it seems like um until they're 40 they're 40 to have kids which is is great there's nothing wrong with that too but yeah <laughs> it, but you know it just it depends on um what yeah yeah and so when was there like a specific moment um where you were like with your ex and you're like we're gonna break up like this was there a specific instance or moment where you're just like yeah this is done we're done yeah 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 and um so for me because we had always gotten along but I was always um more um outgoing and I like to be a lot more social so I like to go out and stuff like that and so um I remember trying to surprise him with tickets to see a band that he really liked. They were coming to LA and they were going to be, I want to say at the Staples Center. And um, this was the first time that this band was going to be on tour for however long. And I know he doesn't like to go out, but I figured, you know, this is his favorite band. This might be something that he would be interested in like going to. And I remember like getting, um, because I know he has, like, anxiety about, you know, like, being in crowds and stuff like that. Again, this mm-hmm. is pre-pandemic. I think everyone now has anxiety about oh, crowds. Yeah, for sure. Unless you live in my Florida, um, then you're fine. Yeah. But, but um, so I took all those things into consideration. I sprang for, like, seats that were going to be, you know, like, away from people and, like, VIP parking and stuff like that. I mean, just I wanted to um, do something fun with him, but something that, I don't know, that he would be interested in doing. So um, I remember, like, gifting him these concert tickets and him being, like, just really negative and, like, disappointed and, like, you know, I don't like live music. And I think that was the moment where I was, like, oh gosh, I kind of swallowed it Was like, I don't think I want to be with someone who doesn't necessarily like live music. Like, yeah. I really enjoy, it sounds silly, I guess, but I like live music and there are plenty right. of people out there that don't and that's totally fine. I but don't really I, know those people, but I don't get them, but sure, go ahead. I do. <laughs> well, since then I've been on dates with different people, you know, trying, you try to get to know people and you're like, what kind of music do you listen to? I remember being on a date once asking someone, what kind of music do you listen to? I don't really like music. Uh, yeah, I, I don't really go to concerts. I mean, you know, music's, music's fine, but I, you know, I've been to a ton of concerts and I just, I don't, I don't like them. And I'm like, interesting. I mean, it was a very yeah. awful answer, but yeah, I'm, and I, and I remember just kind of laughing because yeah, even though, I mean, I didn't divorce my ex-husband over concert tickets but just the idea that maybe we're not the perfect match that I thought we were yeah um even though we got along and our you know our parents and our friends and family um you know from the outside even from the inside it was a great relationship for sure but like I wanted to do all these things and I felt like I didn't have someone to do them with Mm-hmm. And I and it made me just kind of think back, like, oh gosh, like I feel like you have a husband to do these things with. To do these things with. Yeah. I'm gonna have to say because I mean, especially for the listeners, if you don't know, I mean, Angela and I met in college, and we like immediately hit it off, and we became fast friends, and then we became roommates, and so we've known each other for 
oh gosh, over 15 years now. And I remember when we went to um, Allie and Trent's, our friend Allie and Trent's wedding, and they've been together forever. And also same amount of time, I think. Yeah. And I just remember thinking like, why isn't Angela's husband here? Mm-hmm. You know, like, I just thought, well, that's so strange because he's from this area. Like, wouldn't he want to just make this the trip and go see his parents, too, and go see his family? And I just thought to myself, like, that's really strange. I would definitely want my husband here at my friend, my longtime friend's wedding, you know. And it was such a non-traditional wedding, which we love because Allie and Trent are just so non-traditional. Oh, it was a blast. It was such a blast. And you and I had such a great time and we we were like connected at the hip and, you know, we were like our own dates, you know? Yeah. We were each other's husbands. Yeah. You were my husband and you were were my wifey. Yeah. And that, it kind of, that, that event also reflected my life out here in LA. I would go to events that my friends would invite me to other weddings and like just fun, like comedy events and stuff because I like to do comedy here and there. And, um, you know, I meet friends and they're part of these really exciting shows and gosh, I've gotten the opportunity to see so many really cool, funny comedians. Um, and I would always, you know, invite my, um, invite my ex, hey, do you want to come? Nah, have a great time. And he was always like, go have a great time. I don't want you to have to drag me out and have a, maybe be cranky because I, you know, because he's always having to, it's funny because he would always complain about, you know, going, going out and it would just be such a big deal. And I'm like, and sometimes he'd be like, I, you know, I don't really want to go out with a bunch of strangers and like, you know, it's funny if you, if you met them and you hung out with them, they wouldn't be, and strange. they wouldn't be strangers, they would be your friends. And so yeah. even after five years of um, commuting from Orange County up to LA to take part in like fun events and different, you know, comedy shows and stuff like that, like after year and then like making friends and like going to birthday parties, like after years of like making my own group of friends um in this town like yeah I would show up to an event and a lot of the times like people would be I would mention oh my husband or something like that and people, oh you're married like people would be very surprised mm-hmm. because people always saw that I was single and then that almost became a problem I'm like showing up to every hey. like by myself and mm-hmm. again I mean looking back on it I just I feel like yeah that's fine it's just also like me not um really voicing for myself maybe I just like yeah voicing like my needs and stuff like that at the time I felt like you Mm -hmm. know at least he was giving me his blessing and he wasn't jealous or he wasn't weirded out at the fact that I would be at these events alone looking like a single lady right Um, and um yeah like I think and then that kind of opened up Pandora's box I think you know um after years of that and just passing it off and not really thinking that it's a big deal. Cause it really didn't seem like it was. And then, yeah, I think, um, gifting him concert tickets to a show that I thought for sure, it just made me feel like, Hey, I, maybe I don't really know this person and maybe as well as I thought I did. And cause that, but wasn't know, that the concert you also met Colin Hanks at? Yeah. Yeah. He was really, really nice. I mean, what a stud. I love what him. What a stud. He, I, I had to say something to him because I couldn't um, just it. sit still. Because yeah. I'm a fan. And I literally, like, when I when I saw him, I want to say I put on Orange County, like, that, within the week. Within that uh, half, the movie Orange County. And I lived in Orange County, so it's funny. So, such a yeah. solid movie that a whole lot of people actually don't know about. The more I mention it, it's like... They're like, no, never seen that movie. So if you're listening, you have to watch Orange County. And it has um, Schitt's Creek, Catherine O'Hara. Catherine O'Hara is hilarious. It's got Jack Black. It's so funny. Colin Hanks. Um, Solid solid cast, honestly. Yeah. And hilarious and hilariously written. And so any hits, we can ramble on about Orange County and Colin Hanks all day long. But um, yeah, I think maybe you know, 
for me personally, I mean, I observed this and I thought this, but I just didn't want to bring it up. But I just thought it was very strange that your husband did not go to this wedding with you who we've been friends forever and you and I hadn't seen each other in such a long time. And, you know, we were like staying at your brother's house, which was so cool just to see him and, yeah, like, you know, like those sort of things. And I think, yeah, it doesn't really have to be this, like it, maybe it's just like, I think maybe that concert moment was like, uh, for a lack of better words, and I'm getting very Oprah right now, but like your aha moment of like, oh, wow, we are not as compatible as I actually told myself we were, you know? Right, yeah, and maybe I do want someone to go to events with. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, and, you know, and, like, and then it's, like, yeah, and then, you know, because we didn't do marriage counseling, and I know a lot of people would have suggested, you know, go to marriage counseling instead of just, Mm -hmm. like, you know, calling it quits. It's such a big deal to get divorced. And it's such a big heartbreak to the rest of our family. Right. Um, But, you know, we just really looked at it. Yeah. Like we want to remain friends. We don't want to necessarily dig around and we don't necessarily want to change. Yeah. Um, And that's okay because the older you get, the more you get set in your ways and that's fine. You can change if you want to, if you actively want to. But maybe we don't want to change for each other. Maybe we don't have to. And maybe that's okay. Right. And, um, I res- I have a lot of respect for him. And I do remember asking, you know, this is my first relationship. So not only was this a divorce, but it's my first breakup. So I'm going through all that. All of it. Yeah. And I don't know what it feels like to be in a relationship and have it be over. And he has, he's dated before me. And I remember asking him like, Hey, is this what it feels like when a relationship is over? It's like, is this kind of the feeling, the tension, like between a couple that they feel before they break up? And he, he, I respect him for going, yeah, it feels like this. Instead of, you know, some people would be like, if some people want to fight it, they could have easily have said, no, it doesn't feel like that. Or like, no, you know, like they could have yeah. gaslighted me or whatever. No, what yeah. are, you know, like. Not that he, you know, is a gaslight or anything like that, but yeah, that word. And I just learned what it is. So I guess, you know, I'm trying to, yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely a trigger word for any sort of, um, romantic interpersonal, like making someone think they're or whatever, like relationship. I think, I think people are just really talking about that more. So they're understanding what gaslighting is. We didn't have a word for it. Like I never once thought that you know my ex in my 20s was gaslighting me but he was actually doing that all the time um yeah. for his own benefit and um you know for his own you know unself-aware mental lack of stableness you know <laughs> like it was it it's was, a way to control a situation and I have a ton of respect for him we're so really good friends and I'm fortunate and I'm lucky because it's not everyone no has this experience of being able to remain friends through it because there is because it gets dirty with like finance yeah. like that mm-hmm. and, and so at the and time kids. and you guys didn't have kids you we know? didn't have kids we have cats and so you know we had two and um one ended up favoring him one favors me so I took custody of Maggie Margaret Beyonce Adele Elizabeth and yeah. she's happy. She she doesn't miss her sister at all. She's happy to not share a litter box. So Yeah. <laughs> but with California, and I think what happened in my situation, I'm still, you know, it's still ongoing, even though the, the relationship has been dead and buried for a year and a half. Like, um, you have to establish some type of separation uh, mm-hmm. in, in California. So... Uh, it has to be six months before you can file. So I'd like moved out of my marital home and got my own place. And then six months later we filed, but when we filed, it was like March of 2020. Um, So, and what was happening March of 2020, the entire world was falling apart. Yeah. And they were only granting emergency divorces and this is not an emergency. Right. 
Right. Agreed to, you know, like there's no violence. Nobody's life's in danger. Right. I have access to my stuff. I, you know, we agreed on, you know, um, how we're going to split money and things like that. Cause we did share a bank account, Mm -hmm. uh, things like that. So we worked all of those details out and that's why we didn't, um, go to a mediator. I would say if I had to do it again, I would absolutely to a lawyer it just seems so scary I guess and it seemed like reserved for couples that don't get along uh-huh Even though we got along we just wanted to break up and we just needed the court's help to do that yeah yeah and um you know my experience working in family law for the six months that I did I um you know there were couples that didn't have kids and were hiring you know um us and and things like that and I just thought well, this is going to be a quick divorce. <laughs> like, this yeah. is, actually, you know, you'll be divorced in six months. That's not a problem. Like, you know. Yeah. It, it is typically when, six months. So. Yeah, when people are um, amicable. But what, what gets really messy is, I mean, I just recall, you know, just the petty messiness and manipulative behaviors of both partners both spouses and the fact that they have kids um, made it even worse. And, you know, though we would always say, you know, you really need to be thinking about the best interests of your child and take your feelings out of that. And as much as that is hard for a lot of people to do because emotions and we're human and we feel, um, you know, you got to a place where it was just like, okay, well now you're out for blood and what are you, what are you getting out of this? Like truly at the end of the day, like, what do you, what do you want to get out of this where you are just going straight for the jugular like that, you know, revenge. I mean, revenge. And there was a lot of things just in regards to like, I mean, I remember I would spend hours and hours upon like, you know, looking through text messages of screenshots that people would send us. Um, of, you know, people and kids and you didn't make, you didn't pick up, you know, little Johnny on this day and he was an hour late. People would like, actually, I mean, and through the advice of their attorneys, like you need to document everything you need to make, you need to, you know, I tell people you need to get a calendar out and you need to say he was, or she was, you know, an hour and a half late to pick up little Johnny um, he did not pay for this week's, uh, lunches or whatever it may be. I'm just, you know, throwing out examples, but yeah, it got to that point And I just thought, oh my God, how mentally and emotionally exhausting it must be. I'm, I'm a product of divorce. Not only were Same. my, divorced, yeah. you know, but also like, my grandparents even divorce and like, you know what I mean? So divorce in my world is very normal. Um, and I think that's kind of why I have chose to navigate my life in the specific way that I want to, because I just, I saw, you know, both my parents go through not their own divorce because I was so little. I don't even remember that, but then remarried and then got divorced again. And so as an adolescent, I saw just the heaviness of it. And I don't think that a 10, 11 or 12 year old person should really be witnessing their parents go through all of that messy, you know? No. And, and parents, a lot of the time, because, and my experience too, I also am a product of divorce. My parents divorced each other. My grandparents on both my mom's and my dad's side, I had a lot of grandparents because my, my parents' parents split up and then they remarried and yeah, it definitely was normalized and it is heavy. And when you're a kid, it's super heavy because you want to see your dad every day and you want to see your mom every day. Right. And then your parents also, it depends on who they are as people, because sometimes parents can be very um, he- heavy on you emotionally. Like my mom didn't have a lot of friends. And so I was, yeah, I was around like 10 at the time or like uh, between, because fu- funny, again, divorce unique in my story too. My parents also got remarried back to each other. 
right remain married since then but when they were divorcing they had spent five years apart um but my mom didn't have a lot of girlfriends and I was around 10 at the time. So she would just talk to me like I was her girlfriend and just tell me things about my dad that I were not that appropriate. inappropriate. And so you start, I mean, sometimes you can develop like a weird kind of, you think you're, you're your mom's keeper a little bit, not keeper, but you know, yeah. keeper of her emotional like trauma and stuff like yeah. that. Cause it's interfamily, you know, like they're not going to really want to talk about it with outside of the family it's still kind of things right it's a and then matter yeah for sure some people use their kids as weapons against each other you yeah. know you won't get to if you you know if you don't do xyz i'll keep your kids from you or you know right, right. on the mom and the dad side and oh and yeah like that. also being asked who do you want to live with by the courts is very traumatizing for a young kid especially when they have siblings and right especially the siblings are if the siblings are split you know if some siblings like i i like dad more i agree with dad more i'm on dad's side more and that can mm-hmm. it I mean it literally like tears families apart it splits families apart but divorce should be nor i mean it's it's tough because you don't want to stay in an unhappy relationship too so right. divorce can be a good thing right um, and in my experience, it's been mostly positive in that I'm, I was able to move through it in a positive way. However, if I had children, I wouldn't be here talking about going through a divorce. Like if I had children, I'm sure it would be a different story. Or, yeah. You know, or it would have been prolonged into they were older. Right. Like I can't predict the future. I don't know, but or not the future, but like that I don't kind- of that kind of makes me think and it it was a question I definitely wanted to ask you too is that you know being that your your parents got divorced but then they got back together in the middle of that for sure um what are your thoughts on when people, there's a lot of times when people say, well, they're staying together for the kids. Like, what are your thoughts on that? And like, why do you think people choose to compromise their own happiness because they think it's best for the kids? That is funny you ask that because my parents are very um, blunt people. They're very, they just kind of say how they feel. You know, we grew up in the South. Um, so we're just Southern people. And in the way that, um, my dad was always, even after they got remarried, was always like, we're together for you guys. Like he kind of, which isn't the healthiest thing. I don't recommend telling your kids, you know, we're, we're together because of, we want to, we think a family should be a, you know, a one mom, a one dad household, or, you know, a two mom, two dad house, like, you need what? two people to raise kids. Right. It's like their mentality. You need, you need a team. And, um, which I understood I did, but it also made me feel bad. And it's nothing that you should, you know, tell your kids. I do think it is inappropriate to, to, you know, to tell your kids that, yeah, to do it is a different thing because being a single mom is extremely difficult. It can push mm-hmm. you to do things and take jobs that you wouldn't normally take and, you know, right. and it can force you into situations or it can even, you know, cause I've heard horror stories of uh, women dating men that, you know, and you have to worry about who you're bringing around your children um, or men dating women, 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 yeah. mm-hmm. women being abusive towards the children, you know, cause you're inviting people into your life. Um, right. So it's tough if you decide to, stay together for the kids that's not something that you're having to deal with you're having to deal with other things but not having to bring other people around you know some people choose to do that for safety reasons stay together yeah monetary financial reasons um because when you do split up it's definitely weird both of my parents dated other people and that was like a weird thing to see as a child um watching them date and then you know that I, and I'm sure that's weird for a lot of kids that have to see their parents date after they get divorced or right. you know, their parents, you know, someone un, it, 
unexpectedly passes away or something like that or even like you know things like yeah like what like when someone becomes widowed or you lose your parents from whatever reason right right kind of weird thing to see your parents date but people choose to stay together for the kids all the time because it's hard to do well I think that a lot of times people don't give kids the um the I for lack of better words I guess say like the credibility of like their intelligence and And they're smart and they're emotionally intelligent and they get they get what's going on they see it they understand it they hear it they know and maybe they don't have the vocabulary um to actually understand and to outwardly say it um because they don't know how to express it because they don't have that vocabulary but Um, I always tell, you know, everybody like kids are a lot more intuitive and smarter than they think, than I think, I think adults think. And, you know, if you're in an unhappy marriage, I just think to myself, like your kids are going to know. And then for me, in my opinion, I think when you're in an unhappy marriage and your kids witness that, then they're literally witnessing that they're normalizing an unhealthy relationship and they think that that is something that they're going to, that's like, Oh, that's normal. It's tolerable. Um, he yells and screams or she yells and screams until he gets his way. And like, Oh, that's just a relationship. So then they go into a relationship as a young adult and that has happening. And it's like a repeated cycle, you know? Definitely. Definitely. Because you do pick up on it and you know when your parents are unhappy. You know what it's like to be in an unhappy household. Right. Um, definitely. But, but breaking up is hard. It's, yeah. It's, it's it's tough. It's expensive. Um, yeah. But it's seeing expensive, that. It, but it's also like, I, you know, it also takes like real courage, you know, to actually go through it and know that like, nobody's going to have to really understand or grasp for why you're splitting yeah. up. Only the, the two of you actually. Yeah. Well, it's nobody else's business. And you mentioned like, you know, families and friends that are connected between you and your ex. And I know that you're still close to your ex mother-in-law and that you mm-hmm. guys also still like speak. And um, so kind of like explain how those conversations go when you do, you know, sporadically talk to your ex? Like, do you let him know that you talk to his mother or is? I do. I don't keep anything like that away from, cause they, they speak and they know that, you know, if they get on the phone with each other, they're going to be like, Oh, I spoke to Angela or, Oh, that's cool. I spoke to Angela too. Yeah. Okay. Glad she's doing well. That whole thing, like, they're going to know that they talk to me. And I'm gonna, yeah. like, it's it's totally fine. I I would say at this point, I am more closer to my um, ex-mother-in-law than I am my ex. Because mm-hmm. he is in a new relationship. And I do want to respect that. And so I don't reach out to him for, unless I absolutely need to. I don't right. reach out to him to just talk or catch up or anything like that. Um, I will every now and then, or something will come up about divorce paperwork because we're still in the middle of it. And then we'll, you know, pick up the phone and chat and stuff. But um, I do talk to his mom and, you know, I let, I share about what's going on in my life. I share that I'm dating someone new and she's really sweet and supportive of it. And she, you know, but then there are moments where she gets a little, you know, quiet and she's like, I do wish things were different. And, mm-hmm. and it's like, I, I know I, you know, I do too. And, um, uh, you know, all I can say, all I can do in those moments is just accept it and just let her know that I still, um, love her and I care about her and she does the same that she's like I support you I love you you're still family because yeah I think after 14 years and again like nothing ever went sour yeah we never mistreated each other there's no reason to dislike each other hate each other I mean we uh you know my ex and I caused each other pain but we only caused each other pain by leaving or it's like 
by like just not being as close anymore. And so the family has to see us not be together anymore and that hurts them. But mm-hmm. really, ev- but everything's fine. Like we still get, like everyone's still getting along, which is great. But yeah, I, I like being close to her. There are moments where it does feel a little in- inappropriate, you know, cause she um, very much favors me and likes me. And so it was hard for her. Um, yeah. Except the fact that like, oh gosh, like this person that I like, isn't going to be my, uh, you know, my daughter-in-law. My daughter-in-law. Yeah. Yeah. And I like them. And, and she, also like, she doesn't have a ton of girlfriends that she's like that close to. And we really, you know how, some of us chickens love to, you know, peck, peck, yeah. peck, just love to chat. And, um, yeah, and we had always chatted before. We always had a close relationship. So it just seemed weird to, it felt weird to be like, no, no relationship. We can't talk. Right. So yeah. Cut it off and be like, we can't talk. It, it, for, for family, it feels weird. For my ex, I do understand that. It, it, it is you know, it, it can be looked at as like inappropriate being so close to an ex if they're dating other people and they don't understand, you know. Right. Not everyone's friends with their ex. Yeah, n- no. Yeah. And I think a lot of times, you know, I have um, been in your boyfriend's or his girlfriend's shoes where I have dated someone who either is going through a divorce or just is separating and not divorced. And so eventually that does come up because that affects the person you're dating. Like, um, is this, is there going to be, well, it's not fair. And, and I'm, and I'm thinking to myself, like, is there an end game to this? Is there a plan? And I had to go because there really wasn't a plan in place. So I already kind of knew my place, which there really wasn't a place for me. I was just a nice escape and whatever, you know, else. Um, so it really isn't fair to the new boyfriend and the new girlfriend. And it's inconsiderate. Yeah. Yeah. On the receiving end. And I have gone through that a a few times and I'm just like, I won't ever date anybody who is not fully divorced. I won't Mm -hmm. even consider it. And I was really not only just, I was like dating this person, but we weren't calling each other a boyfriend and girlfriend. I think we were just in that exploratory phase and I explored enough and (laughs) I was like, I gotta go. Um, You're not all the way divorced, you know? And for me, that's like, that is something that, you know, I know that when you started dating and you were going on dates and you're like, oh my God, and then he did this and we would just like giggle and laugh about it or whatever. And like, and I'm just like, yeah, I mean, you need to date so that you can figure out what you want and don't want. You know, I think a lot of times people are like, oh, it's a, you know, you're going to be a serial dater and blah, blah, blah. And it's a lot, you know, it's good. You should. Good. You should. And I, I highly encourage you learn you. more. Yeah, you learn more about yourself in those times as well, you know. What like you tolerate, other... what you'd put up with, how you'd exactly. let other people treat you. the words literally right out of my mouth. You're going to understand, like, what is a deal breaker, what's not, what's, mm-hmm. you know, really going to work for you. Um, do you feel that because you've gone through this experience that you are – Um, a lot of times people talk about like love languages and I don't know if you're familiar with the love languages, but like service, physical touch words. Oh, I know mine. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So what are your love languages and how do you discover, um, somebody new's love language? So I recently heard this and I thought this was pretty genius when Mm -hmm. it comes to love languages it's, it's almost like your love language is, is like what you, um, not what you fear, but like what you do the most. So like, if you do a lot of negative self-talk, yeah, affirmation or probably your love language, if you run yourself ragged, taking care of like the house and 
um, you know, making sure everything's organized and things like that. Acts of service is probably your love language. If you are a workaholic, you know, quality time is probably your your love language. Mm -hmm. Um, If you overspend a lot of money, then gifts is probably yours. Yeah. Um, Things like that. So, and they can be a combo too. Uh, mm-hmm. I didn't know what love languages were. It wasn't until after my divorce that I like l- look into this. I'm like, this is interesting because I think in my last relationship, yeah, or like when I was married, we had two completely different love languages and we were not speaking them, yeah. we speaking them to each other at all. And right. I didn't have any way of knowing really what his, now looking back, oh, I'm like, okay, yeah, he, he would have in like, been into this and I would have been into words of affirmation I like being told I'm smart I like being told I'm pretty I like being told that I'm good at something or that I did a good job or that this meal I prepared was delicious or something like that like I like being um you know I like praise yeah praise I love it and then um also I feel like that's all of them. There's one, maybe one more words of affirmation. And then it's like acts of service. Gifts, quality time. Quality time. Touch. Physical touch. touch physical touch. Yeah. Too. touch. Yeah, 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 yeah. I find that through my dating experiences that there are a lot more men out there um, who don't admit that physical touch is their love language or if they do then I'm like oh well then to me and this sounds however it sounds I mean judgy or whatever I'm just thinking you just want me to fucking kiss your ass and hug you and bone you all the time yeah that sounds great (laughs) sign me up sign me up up. so is that Says physical touch also a love language for you? Totally. Physical, t- I would say definitely physical touch, words of affirmation. Like, tell me I'm pretty, touch my butt. Yeah. And you know what? I think physical touch is probably like the least of mine. You know, okay. I, every time I read the love languages, I'm like, I want all of this. I know, right? Can we have all five? Can things? I have all of it? Like, I want gifts and physical touch and words of affirmation and quality time and acts of service. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I, you know, I almost like am turned off when a guy's like, it's physical touch. And I'm like, God, I got to be up your ass all the time where yeah. I'm, I'm not, that is the least You're of not. my, um, you know, I didn't really get into hugs and I'm not a hugger. I'm not, You're not a hugger. Never I'm have not been. a hugger, like Never really, but it actually took me a really long time, I would say well into probably like my mid twenties for me to actually just accept hugs at that moment. Like I hated hugging. And then I decided to go to college in the South where all these motherfuckers hug. Oh, honey. Yeah. We greet you with a (laughs) hug and a kiss and a gallon of sweet tea. Yes. How you doing, baby? Sweet tea and baby. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I was just like, oh, my God, everybody's fucking touching me. And I would just feel like I would want to crawl out of my skin. I really, really hated it. Now you decided to do, I not to cut you off, but then you decided to do theater where everyone's, like, super touchy. (laughs) (laughs) Then I decided I'm going to be an actor where we all had to touch each other all the time. Just all the time touching. Touching, (laughs) touching, rubbing, massaging. Yes. Dancing. We're just uh, all over each other. Yeah, we were the lips, the teeth, the tip of the tongue, all over <laughs> body. <laughs> Gross. Yeah. So yeah, it really. And then you know, I started like teaching, and my students wanted to give me a hug, and that was a whole another huh. thing where I decided to do like the side hug, like oh Christian. yeah, like. Huh. Yeah. yeah, because also, you know, I was teaching older kids. And so a lot of those kids, I think, were um, enjoying um, some Miss Clark more than maybe they should have. And well, kids that age, they're walking boners. That's yeah, like, they are walking boners. Poor, oh. poor guy. Gosh. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so. Um, <laughs> poor little boners. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, I just, for me, I would say, um, it's hard for me to give physical touch. It's not that to say I'm a cold hearted, like I'm not affectionate. I am affectionate, but it really does have to be like in my own time when I'm comfortable. The only sort of PDA that I'm ever okay with is like maybe a hand around the arm or like maybe holding hands for a little bit. But like, other than that, like if somebody like proposed to me publicly, I would be 1000% mortified and like crawling in my skin, you know? Yeah. I, I don't, that's, that's just a no for me. So also yeah, very risky he, for the for the for the well he doesn't asking. know me he does, if a guy if a guy is proposing to me publicly then then we, he doesn't yeah uh, he doesn't know me yeah but it's 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 a bit of cornering no you're cornering the person and yeah you gotta say yes you're pressured to say yes you have to say yes right like yeah yeah so I um I think that my two biggest uh, love languages um would be acts of service and do, do stuff for me please do yeah, stuff. fucking hang that frame please hang the frame just hang the frame on the wall please and thank you fill up my my gas tank bring the groceries in bring the groceries in like I'll do the dishes right just help act, me run my life yeah. help me run the little minute things of life like yeah. I can hand like and then I think also this a close you know second would be um definitely quality of time like quality quality- time. yeah not yeah. on your phone you know like just hanging out getting like giving there. me your full-blown attention you know yeah. yeah or even watching a movie but you're both invested in it because there's right. nothing more uh i say frustrating when you're trying to show someone something and they're on their phone yeah like I'm trying to show you the something. Right. But I also like love gifts. So like just throw me a cute gift here and there. Okay. Too. Let's add a third or in just there. Like, or just like hit that cash app real quick. I you don't know? I'm weird about <laughs> gifts. I don't like gifts. I don't like oh. receiving gifts. I know that sounds right. weird. Cause obviously, you know, everybody loves stuff, but gifts are so odd in that I, I just start to feel like, okay, now there's a tally. Now I owe you Oh, uh, you think it's a tit for tat. It always has felt like that in my um I love little giving. brain. Yeah. Yeah. Cuz I don't like giving gifts either. Giving gift giving oh. gives me anxiety. I, I don't know what you want. I don't know what I always appreciate it. Like yeah. but but to even tell you like like you were so sweet you got me um uh, a gift card for uh, Starbucks. I'm still milking it. I haven't used it all. <laughs> I'm still milking it. Like I'm so appreciative of it like I'm like, I've only, I've got maybe like three or four drinks off of it. And I'm like, I still got more. I still got more. I, got this much left. <laughs> I um, actually, that's the thing I do for all yeah. my like long distance friends or if I'm not oh, a friend's birthday or like, I'm not. It lasts half a year them. for me. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, it's just Apple. You like, you fucking nailed it with that Starbucks. I can just text them a Starbucks gift card like that. And just let them, I'm, I love giving gifts. I love, you, yeah, you do. I love writing. You're good at it. I do. I really, thank you. Thank and you. And you're actually good at it too. Cause you are heartfelt with like, you're thoughtful and I'm not very thoughtful. Like I'm full of thoughts, but I'm not very <laughs> thoughtful when it comes to gift giving. Cause I don't, yeah. I feel like I'm always stabbing guests, like taking stabs in the dark of what you'd like. And I'm like, I know yeah. this I know this person, but do I really know them? What do yeah, they? Yeah, 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 yeah. And then I start to spiral. You overanalyze, and then you spiral. Totally, yeah. Because I'm like, well, do they? They like dog. They like dogs, right? They like dogs, but they're not yeah. dog people. But they like a dog themed journal. Like you just <laughs> right. You just yeah, yeah. They eat eggs. I saw this cute little egg. Yeah. <laughs> they like eggs, right? Yeah. But they use the stickers. Well, they put stickers on things. They're a teacher. <laughs> I don't know. Then you just start, you know, like thinking about them, and you're like, "Do I really know totally. them?" And then you just go gift card. It's it's and then easy you go gift card, and, and it's yeah. yeah. 
You're never, you're never not gonna win with a gift card. Everybody loves a gift card. Um, yeah. So I kind of want to just circle back and I have to ask you going through this divorce where you guys are like 90% there, right? Like you're, it's almost final. Um, would you give marriage another go? And if so, um, what are some things that you would like to personally work on yourself before you consider marrying again? Um, I would definitely consider getting married again because there are a lot of benefits to it. Um, I know that's like very unsexy to say, but Mm -hmm. you know, if you are in a serious relationship and something happens and they get hospitalized, God forbid, like it is nice to be that, have that power to like go in and say, I'm the spouse and like make decisions and stuff like that depends on where you are and how serious that relationship is so I would absolutely consider it again there's tax benefits to things like that I would consider it again for sure um but before I even would ever get to that point uh, there's a ton of work I gotta do on myself and Mm. the biggest one I think is just being able to uh, advocate for what I want in a relationship Mm. um um, set healthy boundaries and be comfortable setting a healthy boundary mm-hmm. and um, speaking up for myself when I don't like something. Yeah. Um, Those I are think from an early, Yeah. Well, from an early age, I think I was always taught to, and we're, we're women, uh, we're women. And uh, I think women are taught a lot to be polite and serving and nurturing and just, right of making sure everyone's yeah you're just kind of more submissive for a lack of a better word than you really you know like need to be sometimes you can um for the sake of other well I'm the type of person for the sake of others like I would you know I would take the it's just like a self-sacrificing state of mind that right yeah I'm pretty selfless I guess when it comes to certain things like I'm or that I'm just very easy going go with the flow kind of person when it comes to hanging out and things like that so I don't know I think I would need to if I ever got married again I would definitely need to yeah just learn how to set healthy boundaries and really like oh I actually really didn't like the way that made me feel here's why and like be able to just communicate better with my partner and be comfortable doing it because not that I wasn't necessarily in my last relationship. I think in my head, I would just predict how it would go. And so I would be like, why bother? Okay. Not put in the work, not put in the work because I would always, I would in my head, well, this person's going to say this, they're going to think this. And I don't know. I really don't know how people are going to really, I, I can guess what they would say or whatever, but it's like, you know, just go through the hassle of communicating. Um, if, if something means a lot to you. Awesome. Well, Ange, thanks so much for just sharing. And, you know, like I said, you're going through the big D and I'm so like amazed in your own growth, just like as a friend, but also just like, I think for you, I think you're just like going through this, like, uh, I guess this journey of self-actualization. And I, and I don't think it really got there until you separated. You know? uh, right. Yeah. You do have to learn how to stand on your own two feet. And I never really did. I was always, uh, I had always, uh, for lack of a better word, even though I know that's the theme of the day is lack of a better word. Yeah. Um, we're lacking better words. <laughs> no, I was always, I had always like belonged to someone or I was always yeah. someone, something and I'd never. Codependent. Yeah, definitely codependent. Definitely want to yeah. work on being independent. Yeah. Um, but yeah. You're there. And you're getting yeah. there. Thank you. you. I appreciate that. And I hope I didn't ramble too much. I hope no, was- you did great, sweetie. I'm so proud of you. And look at Maggie over there just being her regal self. Oh, she's a, she is a regal beagle. She's a sweet cat. 
I definitely recommend like, yeah, anyone going through sad times, hard times, if you have it in the budget and uh, you have it in your heart, adopt, don't shop. Adopt, <laughs> don't shop. I thought you were. That's sweet. What? That's sweet. Yeah, get a pet. If they're going through a hard time, maybe get a pet, get a cat. They're great. They, they really it's help hard. you out of like depressive episodes too. Cause you know, yep. you can't lay in bed all day when you got to feed a little baby. Yeah. You know, if you're having a tough one, you know, you got to take your dog for a walk. So it really yeah. forces stop, you to be a shop. human being. Yeah. <laughs> stop, don't, don't shop. <laughs> I love that. You're right? the best. Well, thank you so much. Um, I think this is going to be an episode that's really going to resonate with a lot of people. I think whether they've gone through a divorce or not, I think... I think, you know, in this modern day, everybody's either a product of divorce or has gone through a divorce. Um, so we someone. need to normalize divorce. It shit happens. And divorce it can be happens. healthy. Yeah. It can be healthy and it doesn't have to be we're staying together for this reason. Like, you know, you it's I think it's just we need to start normalizing the fact that it's not okay to compromise your happiness. It's also not a failure. I don't look at this yeah. as a failure or that I failed. Or that it's embarrassing. It's just like I had a very successful 12, 13 year relationship, a very successful four year marriage. Like it's, I'm, I'm a luck. I'm lucky. I'm lucky. I love that you see this as a success as, as a success and not a failure because yeah, I think more people just need to talk about it so that they can realize that like, yeah, I had to go through it, but like, this is the person I am now. And, and, you know, and everybody always says like, I like myself so much better now. I'm more myself. Like I'm, mm-hmm. you no, know, we're all figuring it out, honey. Like I said, I always say it's a roller coaster of emotions, but that's 30 plus. That's 30 plus. That's 30 plus. You know, we just, we just sit here and we hold on to our nipples and we just, we go through it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. You're the best shoddy. Ah, I love you so much. Thank you. I love you.